Well, it is the top of the hour. It's John Terry with Vision Advisors. I want to say thank you for joining me for today's workshop. I've been really excited about having the opportunity to talk about this subject because this is where the market is moving. Understanding the dynamics of what takes place in each generation and really having an opportunity to look at where is the next big target market, you are in the room where you're going to have an opportunity to learn and understand this next new target market, and that's Generation X. We're going to spend the next few minutes talking about who Generation X is and, more importantly, how to approach them how to work with them. And then at the end of the presentation time, I want to share a few tools and resources we have available here at Vision Advisors that can help you engage and start those conversations with Generation Xers that create the opportunity to lead the sales. Now, when we think about Generation X, really the question is, where did they come from? If we think back to the demographics that we currently see living on planet Earth right now, we've got several. We have the silent generation which were those born between 1928 and 1945. That's the older generation that's dying off right now. We've got the big market that many in the financial services industry have been chasing for the last two or three decades, and that's the baby boomers. Those were the children of the silent generation. Silent generation was, was the generation that came through World War II. And after World War II was over and there was a time of peace and prosperity, Along came the boomers, incredible prosperity, large families, and a lot of wealth that was created. Now, these boomers, which were born between 1946 and 1964, has been where all of the attention has been up to this point. But I want to point something out and make sure you're aware of a demographic shift that's taking place. Most of the baby boomers will have turned 65. Matter of fact, all of them will. By 2029, most of them are already there. There's a few on the back end, what are often called boomer tweeners, that are really in between the boomer generation and generation X we're going to talk about today. But the vast majority of boomers are already 65, and by 2029, they'll all be. By the year 2050, just a few more than 25 years, about 28 years from now, these entire generation of boomers are mostly going to be gone. And then we're going to be dealing with Gen Xers stepping into the role that the boomers have been for those of us in the financial services industry, and that's a mainstay to our business. Now, there's still some opportunity in the boomer market, but most of the big opportunity in the boomer market has passed. Why do I say that? There was a recent Harris poll that was done talking to boomers about what their plans are, and the vast majority of them, as a matter of fact, 93% of them said they have their plans in place and no significant plans to change what they've already put into play for themselves and their retirement reality that's going to be the next 20 to 25 years of their life. In fact, only 7% of boomers who are not already working with a financial advisor said they were actively seeking the guidance and advice of someone to help them make good money decisions. So the question is, why Generation X and why now? I want to talk about where we are in the generational sales life cycle. With every generation, the silent generation, the boomers, the Gen Xers we're going to talk about today, the millennials that follow them and the Gen Z just coming into the workforce, those five demographics make up what we're seeing in the workforce today and typically those alive on planet Earth. 
Now, when we look at a generational life cycle, what we typically see is this. In the early years, a generation comes into their prime selling opportunity. We had the innovators and the early adapters that recognize early on this is where the cheese has moved. This is where the opportunity has shifted, and this is where the potential to make an impact really has the opportunity to stand out. The innovators and the early adapters become the individuals that stand out as the pioneers in the industry, and they are the ones that initially get the major attention of a specific generation. Right after we get into the early adapters that realize there's an opportunity here, we get this gap where sales in the early part of this cycle in generational selling really ramps up and goes from no sales at all to a significant number of sales. And then we get this gap where everything plateaus and everybody else that hasn't yet gotten into the market starts to evaluate to say, is this a market I want to get into? And then at that point, the early majority and the late majority, which represent about 65% to 70% of the sales professionals in the marketplace, actually jump into the market. And that's when the market begins to get saturated. Now, with any generational life cycle that we're dealing with, at some point, that generation begins to die off. They get to the point that they've done their planning, they've done all the things they need to do financially, and now they're just going to live life until they're no longer here. And at that point, we begin to see a major reduction in sales until that specific generation is gone. Now, why do I share this chart with you? Because here's where we are with the boomers. We are at the point now that we've gotten past late majority. And individuals that are just now recognizing there's an opportunity in the boomer market have pretty much missed the boat. There is some opportunity in the boomer market, but that opportunity is at the point that we're right at the end of the late majority and we're transferring into the laggard phase as we're over the next few years going to see sales in the boomer market begin to diminish. Now, at the same time, we're in the early adoptive stage of the financial services industry paying attention to Generation X. And if you want to have an opportunity to get into a market space where there are not a lot of people that are competing, this is a significant opportunity for you to jump in and be one of the first individuals to make your mark in working with Generation X. In my training series that I offer to financial professionals that work with us called How to Be an Attractional Advisor, we talk about the red ocean and the blue ocean strategy. And what we see here with the boomer market is really a red ocean. There are a lot of sharks in the water. There's been a lot of sales that have been made. And right now, what we're seeing financial advisors fighting over with only 7% of the boomers not yet working with an advisor that are actually looking for one, we're literally seeing the scraps, the chum in the water that the vast majority of financial professionals focused on the boomer market are still going after. What we're seeing with Generation X is a blue ocean strategy, an opportunity to go into a bay, into an inlet, into a reef area where there's not a lot of predators, there's not a lot of competition, but there is significant opportunity for you to be able to step into this market and see success. So we want to spend the next few minutes talking about Generation X and really reflecting on who they are and what you need to know about them to be able to engage them in conversation and to sell them. What I can tell you is this generation thinks differently than their parents. 
And if you try to sell Generation X the same way you've always sold the boomers, you're going to get a lot of pushback, and you're going to get a lot of no's. So understanding the psychology of this particular demographic is going to be beneficial as you have an opportunity to learn about the opportunity in this Gen X market and be able to step in it and make the most of it. So let's jump right in and get started. What is Generation X and who are these individuals? They are the children of the baby boomers. Again, they were born between 1965 and 1980. So if you do the math today, that puts them between the ages of 43 and 58. They're in the prime earning years of their life, and they were also referred to as baby busters. These were the kids that had the opportunity to bust the bubbles of their parents by coming in and being a unique generation in between some very large demographics. The boomer generation was a significantly large populace of people, well over 70 million boomers. The children of the Generation Xers, what we call the millennials, they have had very large families as well. So what we're seeing with Generation X is really the middle child syndrome in a generation. This is a smaller generation of people, probably in the area of 35 to 40 million versus 70 to 80 million on either side of them. But these in-between children have felt like the middle child their entire lives. They've been sandwiched in between these two large, very demonstrative generations that have really been out there and had an opportunity to live in a time of great prosperity. The middle children grew up in a time that was very different than their parents. And as a result of that, they've been sandwiched in between two very outspoken, very demonstrative, very out there generations that have gotten recognized and known. And the Generation Xers, for the most part, are really still trying to find themselves and their identity. Now, what do we know about Generation Xers? They are known as a generation of compassionate peacemakers. They often feel overshadowed by their parents who had an opportunity, many of them still very big, boisterous, in charge, running large organizations, running very successful businesses, and they're still trying to find their way and discover who they are. They often feel disconnected from their parents and from their children because they grew up in a disconnected world, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. They're much more mobile than their parents. We see Gen Xers doing a lot more travel. They're much more technologically savvy, but they tend to do a lot more engagement in terms of traveling and going here and there rather than the boomers who haven't traveled as much as Gen Xers. Another interesting thing about Gen Xers is in the workplace, we often see them playing referees between their older boomer work comrades and those below them that are the millennials and the Gen Zs that see the world in an entirely different way. The Gen Xers have had that awkward role of having to be the peacemaker between the boomers that want to do it the way it's always been done and the millennials and the Gen Zs that want to bring new ideas and innovation. They're also known as empathizers and encouragers. But as we think about Gen X, the question we have to ask is, what did they experience in the early formative years of their lives that shaped their view of the world around them, that shaped their view of money? and that shaped their view of how money can work for them. So let's take a brief history lesson, and we'll dive a little bit deeper into that in just a minute. But the Gen Xers grew up in a very unstable economy. 
they were the first generation to really witness significant assassinations. This was the generation of the Vietnam War, and this was the generation of the Watergate scandal. As a result of that, Generation X said, don't put a label on me. I am not going to be defined as the boomers were defined as this is who you are. So the Gen Xers said, don't define me. I want to be the X generation because I want to figure out for myself who I am. But if you're a student of history as I am, you know these Generation Xers have had a lot of names. They were originally called the Baby Busters. They were also referred to as the New Lost Generation. You probably remember the term, if you're a little older, latchkey kids. This was one of the first generations to come home where either they came home to an empty house because mom and dad were both working to support this incredibly expensive lifestyle they wanted to live, or they came home to a single-parent household, and mom or dad was out working to make a living to pay the bills, and Generation Xers had to essentially raise themselves. Now, Generation Xers was also known as the MTV generation, and they were also called the 13th generation because they were the 13th generation after the American Revolution. As we think about them psychologically and how they view the world, they see themselves as America's neglected middle child. This was the first generation after the introduction of the birth control pill. And this was the first generation after the expansion of abortion rights that really became mainstream in the United States of America. In fact, Generation Xers grew up understanding and realizing that for every 10 babies that were born in the early formative years of Generation X, three babies were aborted. This became the reality of how they viewed the world around them. And they have remained middle of the road. In so many ways. When we think about where they are politically and socially, they are much more in the middle than their parents or their children. The baby boomers tend to be a much more conservative generation. The millennials tend to be a much more liberal generation when it comes to social views and political views. But Gen Xers, again, find themselves in the middle in terms of where they see themselves. When it comes to technology, they were an early adopter of technology, especially as compared to their parents, but not nearly as adaptive and embracing of technology as their children, the millennials, who many of them grew up as the millennials with a smartphone in their hand. Now, one of the interesting things that we've seen in a number of studies done about Generation Xers is this. They feel less unique, and they feel less distinctive than boomers or millennials. There's a lot of issues here of still struggling with self-confidence, still struggling with self-esteem, and still trying to find themselves. Now, when we really dig into what shaped their view of the world and their view of money, some significant events happen in history that really jaded this generation's view of the world. We've got the very unpopular Vietnam War. That for those of you that grew up during that era, this was a very unpopular war in the United States, and it really led the first major protests in our nation against a political conflict as Americans were going over and dying for a war that many didn't understand. We saw the scandal of Watergate where one political party put microphones in a 
building of another one and begin to secretly tape and try to get secrets of the other party. This became a major scandal that led to the resignation of President Nixon. We saw Martin Luther King. We saw John Kennedy. We saw Bobby Kennedy assassinated. Other magical political and religious figures died in the early formative years of this Generation X demographic, and it shaped their view of the world very darkly. This was the generation that experienced civil rights and the push for equal rights. This was the generation where divorce became normalized and more and more children grew up in single parent homes. This was the generation that experienced firsthand Carter era inflation, where we saw 10, 12, 14% inflation. And that, if you remember living in that era as I did, I remember seeing CD rates, 14, 16, sometimes 20% on a CD. We don't see those numbers today, but we're in an era in time that we're beginning to get some inklings that we could potentially be going back into another area of significant hyperinflation. Now, what else shaped the view of this world? This generation grew up watching the Iran hostage crisis. Americans held for over a year against their will. This was also the same generation that experienced the Iran-Contra affair, where our government was secretly funneling money to another organization in terms of fighting covert wars. This was the generation that experienced firsthand the Clinton-Lewinsky affair. This was a generation that grew up during the Soviet Cold War. This was a generation that saw gas prices, and they saw gas shortages because of an oil embargo. And this was also the generation that experienced the AIDS epidemic. But not everything that happened to this generation was negative. In fact, some very interesting things happened to this generation that shaped their view of the world as these Gen Xers were growing up. This was the space race generation. This was the generation that actually saw man put his first feet on the moon. This was the generation that saw the personal computer being introduced into mainstream homes across the United States. And this was the generation that witnessed the Berlin Wall coming down and saw the end of the old Soviet Union. This was also the generation that saw home video games go mainstream. This was the Nintendo generation. And one other thing that shaped this worldview was their music. This generation grew up when disco was king, and interestingly enough, music during the Gen X era became much more nuanced and much more niched. If you think about the boomers growing up with Elvis and rock and roll, rock and roll itself became more nuanced. You had punk rock, you had acid rock, you had metal music, you had the early introductions of rap music, and music became a way to connect. It became a subculture. It became a collective group that gave these Gen Xers, these latchkey kids who never had an opportunity to really connect with family, to find a sense of belonging and to connect with peers around the genre of music. But interestingly, what we saw was during this time, music began to reflect the times, and it became much more angry. 
as we look back into the music that influenced Generation X, and we look at the top 100 Billboard songs, lyrics that sang about love decreased by over 50% in the early years of the Gen X generation. And the word hate first appeared in the lyrics of music in the 1990s. And we saw this generation influenced by all of the things we talk about. And the big question becomes this. How did Generation X turn out as compared to the way we're currently working with their boomer parents? What's different about Gen Xers that you need to know as you have an opportunity to work in this market and go to approach them? Well, first off, you need to understand that this is a very cynical, guarded generation. Because of what they've experienced, they have a lack of distrust in government. They have a lack of distrust in people. They have a lack of just general trust in anybody because they grew up isolated and alone, and they were required to look only to themselves to be able to make it in life. There's a significant amount of self-esteem and self-confidence issues. There's a lot of anxiety in this particular demographic, especially when it comes to money because their parents were so busy working and making money to spend money, they never taught their children about money and how money works and how they can make money work for them. When we think about this generation as latchkey kids, they had to learn to become very, very resourceful early on in life. They became very self-reliant. They were very pragmatic do-it-yourselfers in terms of the way they had to live their lives because mom wasn't there when they came home from school. Dad wasn't there when they came home from school. And oftentimes, parents were working sometimes two jobs just to make ends meet because life was big and everything was growing and there was an opportunity to acquire stuff. And that boomer generation became the generation that wanted to not only live life, but they wanted to live it big. And as a result of that, that generation spent a lot of money, but not a lot of time with their kids. This generation Xers have turned out to be very brilliant problem solvers. Why? Because they had to solve problems for themselves. One of the things we know about Gen Xers that you need to know as you're getting ready to approach Generation Xers to have an opportunity to engage them in sales conversations, they are very big on self-study. They're going to research anything that you share with them to validate what you're telling them is true. Remember, they're a guarded generation. They're a cynical generation. They want you to prove it to them as you're making presentations. That's going to be important in your approach. These Gen Xers in the sales process are going to be much more hands-on. They don't want you to tell them what to do. They want you to be a Sherpa. They want you to be a guide. They want you to say, here is a path you can follow, but they actually want to clip the capon on and they want to climb the mountain themselves with you being a guide and being a supporter and not being someone like their parents that leaned into a financial professional and says, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. This generation is going to be much more hands-on and wants to be active. Again, they're very self-sufficient, and they're going to demand authenticity of you as a sales professional. They can smell a phony a mile away, and the first time you lie to this individual group, this demographic, the first time you fail to follow through with your commitments, more than likely, they're going to be done with you. 
This is a very independent group of people and understand they have an independent mindset when it comes to making money choices and making money decisions. But when it comes to money, they've got a lot of money woes. As we look at Generation X compared to the silent generation, the boomers, the millennials, and Gen Z, this demographic has done a horrible job of understanding money because no one ever taught them. The Generation Xers had the highest average debt load of any generation currently living right now. And as we dig into where they were spending money and why, here's what we've learned. This generation has more credit card debt than any previous generation, and most of that money they spent on non-essentials. Why did they do that? They became victims of instant gratification. The Gen Xers believed growing up they deserved the big house like their parents, the fancy furniture and car like their parents, the incredibly diverse products and services their parents had and consumed, but Gen Xers were impatient. They were a do-it-yourself generation that had to figure out how to get by, and they didn't learn the lesson their parents learned from the silent generation that as you save wealth, you can then use that money to buy the things you want without going into debt because borrowed money always costs you more. The Gen Xers are just now learning this lesson as they're dealing with credit card debt and student loan debt. Now, they didn't want to wait, so what did they do? They loaded up their credit cards buying things that really could have waited. And for them, they've now come to the realization it's catch-up time. There was a recent study done by Harris Polling, and they found that 88% of Gen Xers said, quote, our financial situation isn't the best right now. They've realized they've got to start playing catch-up because they're now seeing their boomer parents beginning to age in retirement, many of them running out of money because of a failure to plan. They do not want that to happen to them, but they're realizing retirement is just around the corner. These Gen Xers, 43 to 58 currently, are in the prime earning years of their lives. And they've realized they've got to make the most of the time they've got left to, number one, get out of debt, and number two, start planning, start saving, and start preparing for retirement that for them – Based upon medical advances and technological advances we're seeing coming to fruition in the next five to 10 years, these Gen Xers are likely to live, hear me, 30 to 35 years in retirement. Boomers are living an average of 20 to 25 years. Based upon medical advances and medical technologies that are on the forefront and will be coming mainstream in the next five to 10 years, this is going to substantially lengthen the lifestyle of Generation X and those that follow. We're likely to see more Gen Xers living into their 90s, where their parents are living into their mid to late 80s now. This is going to be the new normal for them, and in their planning, they're realizing they've got a lot of catch-up left to do, and good to know they've got the financial resources to invest in catch-up time. Another important fact you need to note is this. This generation is about to inherit $64 trillion. 
By 2050, when the vast majority of boomers have died off, the $64 trillion of wealth currently managed by the boomers is going to pass in most part to Generation X. In fact, by the year 2030, some $36 trillion is going to be transferring as silent generation grandparents and great-grandparents finally finish passing on, and that generation is no more. So think about that. Over the next seven years from the date of this broadcast, Generation X is about to inherit $36 trillion. I like to put it this way. They're about to get rich, but the question for them they're asking is, can they stay rich? Can they change their spending habits, and can they learn new things about money that are going to help them take the wealth that they're about to inherit and use it wisely so it serves their needs and it also serves the needs of the generation that follow? It's important to remember they didn't get a good money education from their parents. This generation has acknowledged, as a matter of fact, almost 90% of them, again, in a recent study that was done, have acknowledged they need to do a better job of planning. This is the generation that is open to learning about money, and they're eager to learn. This is the generation that is showing up for adult education classes. They're showing up for financial wellness workshops. They're showing up at events that are teaching them about money, and they're also going online, and they're looking for online sources of learning where they can have an opportunity to make up that knowledge gap of money that they don't really understand at this point. Now, hear me there. That's an opportunity for you to step in to not only offer adult education, not only offer financial wellness workshops, but begin to engage in the world of online marketing to go after Gen Xers. One important note you want to write down is this. 95% of Generation X live on Facebook. That is their primary social media platform. Now, they do play on Instagram. They do play on LinkedIn in business, Instagram to just check out friends and family and stay connected to their kids. But Facebook is their social media demographic platform. That's what they grew up on. And what we found is they spend an average of six to eight hours a week on Facebook, not just connecting and staying connected with family and friends. They're actively looking for content on Facebook that they can lean into to improve their knowledge of financial matters. And 60% of this generation say they prefer video when self-learning over having to physically read something or simply listening to an audio. So this, again, is an opportunity for you to be recognized and to be seen, and we've got some tools and resources we'll talk about later that can help you do that. Now, more importantly, when you're going to sell to Generation X, you've got to understand what they value. Because if you come in and your approach to them is in conflict with their values, they're going to see you as disingenuous. They're going to see you as non-authentic. And as a result of that, they're going to show you the door, and they're not going to want to do business with you. So what do Gen Xers value? Here's what we know. They value realism. They want you to be transparent and real with them. 
We've already talked about authenticity, and that's another key thing with them. They want you to be genuine. They want you to be the real you. If you don't have an answer, tell them you don't know. Don't make something up. Say something like, that's a great question. I don't have the answer, but I believe I know where I can go get it. Let me do my homework, and let me come back with you with the answer and where I got that information. Again, a cynical generation that wants to know that you've done your homework and you can validate the facts and figures that you're going to bring to them. What else do they value? Unlike their boomer parents who were workaholics, Generation Xers love work-life balance. They want to make sure that their children weren't raised as they were raised, and this has become, unfortunately, the helicopter parent generation that spoiled and indulged, indulged their children that became the millennials. That's where the participation medals came from. That's where the participation trophies, that everybody's a winner whether you win or not. This was the generation that stoked that because they had been so neglected and so left out, and they didn't have the opportunity to, to do dance, to do music, to do sports, to do the other thing. They wanted to give their children the opportunities they missed out on because their parents weren't there. So again, what do they value? They want you to be real. They want you to be authentic. They want to experience and be able to enjoy working, but also to have the money to enjoy life. This is a very resourceful generation, and when you can bring resources to them that can help them learn, to help them fill the knowledge gap of money, and to make good money choices, they're going to lean into working with you and see value in the solutions that you bring. They want very pragmatic wisdom. They don't want you to drone on and, and make stuff up, and they don't want all of these theories. They want facts. They want figures. They want results, and they want to see that the solutions that you're bringing to them have worked for other individuals and other families just like them, and that these same services, solutions that you're bringing to the table are going to be important. This is a solutions-focused generation. They do not want to be approached with a product sale. They want to know that whatever you bring to the table is going to solve a problem they have, is going to answer a question they're asking themselves. These are the things they value, and as you're selling to Generation Xers, this has got to become a part of your sales process. So what can you expect from them? When you're meeting with a Gen Xer and you're having a first appointment, they show up at a dinner seminar. They show up at your adult education event. You're doing a financial wellness workshop at a community center or a library, or you're doing a small lunch and learn event for Rotary, Kiwanis, or some other group that wants to meet during the day at a lunch hour to have an opportunity to learn and have a learning lunch. Here's what you're going to find from the Gen Xer crowd. You'll recognize them very quickly. They tend to be very reserved. Their arms are going to be crossed, and they're going to be the skeptical people that want you to validate and prove what it is you're sharing with them. And if you open up your event for Q&A, they're going to have a lot of questions. Again, remember, when it comes to money, they were never taught. So unless they were self-taught, or one of the few that connected with a mentor that mentored them in money, they have a lot of money 
questions that they want answered. And if you can answer those money questions, you become their hero. You become the mom or dad when it comes to money they didn't have, and now you become an extended member of their family. They're also going to take a contrarian point of view. When you present a fact, they're going to look at it from every angle to see if there perhaps could be a better way. They want to challenge conventional wisdom because they've seen a generation of politicians. They've seen a generation of leaders. They've seen a generation of people that didn't live up to their expectations, and so they're jaded. They're cynical. They're going to challenge status quo because they want the very, very best. Now, what do they expect from you? As you're going to have an opportunity to engage with Gen Xers, and you're going to move in and have conversation with them that leads to a sales opportunity, what does that need to look like? Now, all Gen Xers are going to be slightly different, but what we know demographically and uniquely about this group as we study the psychographic similarities, here's what we know. They want to experience real relationship with you. They've seen their parents treated as transactions where they have been sold products they didn't need by agents and investor uh, advisors that were simply looking out for their own best interest and not necessarily those of their parents. They want a relationship with a financial advisor, and many Gen Xers are going to fire their parents' financial advisor when they inherit that wealth because those financial advisors have never taken the opportunity to build relationship with them. Gen Xers want to be heard. When they speak, they do not want to be interrupted. They want you to actively listen to their wants, their needs, their concerns. They want you to actively listen to their fears, their anxieties, and their frustrations. They want you to clearly communicate. And if you cannot clearly and concisely communicate with them, speaking words they can understand, they will fire you in a heartbeat. Understand that and hear me there. Clear and concise communication using words they can understand. This is a financially illiterate generation. And if you use the terms that you're used to using with a financially savvy generation of boomers, you're going to struggle to see success in the Gen X market. Very clear communication. This generation loves storytelling, and story selling can be a very powerful way to connect with this audience. Again, they want you to be very transparent. They want you to be completely honest, even if that means you walk away from the sale because what you have to offer is not in their best interest. They will value that. And they will come back to you for another financial need that they have if you treat them well. And when you can't serve them well, you introduce them to someone who can. Again, they want to be guided, not controlled. This is a generation that is very independent, very self-reliant. They're going to do their homework, and they're going to make their own decisions. And they don't want you to come in and say, this is what you have to do. They don't like authoritarianism, and they will reject that in the sales process. They also want you to let them lead. They're going to take the lead in asking questions that help them answer 
the issues they've got going on in their mind and to give some financial peace to their thought process. When you let them lead by asking good questions and letting them talk, they will tell you everything you need to know to have an opportunity to engage them in a conversation that can lead to a sell, to help them solve the problems keeping them awake at night, to help them deal with the anxieties and frustrations of overspending and all of these impulse decisions they've made when it comes to money over the years. And they've realized they've got a problem, and they want someone to come alongside and say, it's okay. Let me help you fix it, and let them be in control. They want you to meet them on their terms. They're going to be much more open to you meeting them either in their home or in a private, neutral location than they are being forced to come in to your office. They dealt with parents who tended to be, as boomers, much more controlling. They saw a generation of people that said, come to my office and let's do this, and they watched their parents drive across town late for meetings and come home complaining because they got caught in traffic. The financial advisor they're going to meet with was late, or they showed up late, and they didn't have time to do what they needed to do. They want to meet on their terms. They also want you to keep the rules of engagement to a minimum. They want some flexibility and some autonomy. They do not want you to lie to them. I've said that over and over, but again, transparency, genuine authenticity is very, very important. And they want you to honor your commitments. If you tell them you're going to call them on Tuesday at 2 o'clock, the phone better be ringing at 1.59. If you tell them you're going to have results to them and you want to meet them to go over the solutions that you've uncovered for them on Thursday at 2, if for whatever reason you can't make it, you better let them know on Wednesday there's a problem. And if you stand them up more than once, maybe twice, they're going to be done with you. Now, why is what all of I've shared important? Remember, they're about to inherit $64 trillion. $36 trillion of that they're going to inherit over the next seven years. That's why I've said, looking back at that graph I showed at the very beginning, we're in that opportunity stage that there's going to be significant sales opportunity in the next seven years by the innovators and the early adapters of moving into this market space. Remember, this generation didn't get good money education from their parents. They've acknowledged, I need to do a better job of planning, but I don't know how. They're looking for someone who can teach them how money works and how to make money work for them. They're okay to come to your workshop. They're okay to come to your dinner event. They're okay to come to a special event you're doing for them, but they also want to be able to find you online and to learn from you using online pre-recorded educational content where you are seen as the authority figure and the expert, and they can learn from you in the comfort and privacy of their home or listen to you while they're driving to work or watch a video as they're getting ready to go to bed because they are hungry and voracious to learn about money because they've realized they don't have a lot of time left, and they also realized they've struggled with money for years. So what do we know about Generation X to really sum it up? They need to save more money. They need to spend less money than they're spending right now. They need to get out of debt, and you can help them do that, and they need to invest for their financial success. 
they are willing to tighten the belt. They are willing to get on a budget once they understand how to create one and follow it. They're willing to do the basics, but no one's ever taught them the basics. Many of them have bought homes that they overpaid for. They bought cars they overpaid for. They've gone out and bought expensive wardrobes simply to have what their parents had, and now they're paying the piper because they spent money they didn't have. I like to say it that they spent tomorrow's money today, and as a result of that, spending tomorrow's money today always comes with a premium, and that premium is interest. So why do I share all that? They need your help to do this. This generation, 88% of them have raised their hand and they have said, I need someone to help me. Who is out there that can come to my side, that can be a resource, that can be an advocate, that can be an educator and a voice for me to help me learn the things I need to know to experience financial success in life. Now, the challenge for this group they're still working. And as a result of that, you may need to take your financial education to where they are. One of the things I want to recommend that you consider taking to them is giving them an opportunity to experience financial peace of mind. One of the programs I developed many years ago, and I've used it in my own personal practice, is a program called Peace of Mind University. What is it? It is a four-part adult education series for the last-minute boomers that have not yet retired and this early cohort of Generation Xers that are in their late 50s realizing I've only got five, seven, maybe ten years before I have to retire. So Peace of Mind University was created like a college classroom setting where you have an opportunity over four sessions to educate a new generation on what they need to be thinking for and what they need to be planning for to make sure that when they do get ready to walk away from the workaday world and retire, they're going to be able to retire successfully. This generation wants to retire well. I want you to remember that. They want to retire well. They don't want to experience what they saw their parents, many of them retiring early, thinking they had enough money, overspending, and now in their late 70s and early 80s, they're greeters at Walmart and Target. They've had to go back to work, and they're working in service jobs because that's all they can do at this point simply to make ends meet. Gen Xers don't want to do that. So this four-part educational series, week one, focuses on health care in retirement. It introduces and explains Medicare, what Medicare does and does not pay for in retirement, how it's funded, how they purchase it, and it also exposes the gaps in Medicare when you get sick and you no longer recover and a health care event becomes a long-term care event. The long-term care conversation is also had in week one. In week two, it's understanding Social Security. Social Security for most Gen Xers is going to make up somewhere between 40 and 60% of their guaranteed income in retirement. And if they get the claiming strategy wrong, and if they don't realize how to maximize their earnings while they're still working, they could end up with substantially less than they could have. Social Security for many retirees, if done rightly, can be worth well over a million dollars. 
but only if they understand how to create the maximum benefit essential and to claim it at the right time. Week three of Peace of Mind University is maximizing retirement income. How to create a guaranteed income stream that is going to last as long as you do. And we get into what do they need to do beyond Social Security to make that happen. In this maximized retirement income conversation, we also address the specter of inflation that is eating away at the purchasing power of your clients. As a side note, you may want to write this down as you're having conversation with clients this week. Between the year 2000 and 2023, the U.S. dollar has lost 31% of its purchasing power. Did you hear that? Between the year 2000 and the year 2023, the U.S. dollar has lost 31% of its purchasing power. And as we're dealing with inflation, and as people are going to be living 25, 30, 35 years in retirement, creating increasing income solutions is going to be even more important for them. Week four of Peace of Mind University is how to get your financial affairs in order. We talk about survivorship planning for a surviving spouse because females tend to outlive their male counterparts by an average of five to seven years. Over 80% of elderly widowed females live solely on Social Security because of a failure to plan and creating an income stream in retirement that is generational, that goes not only to first generation, and that's typically dad, but also the second generation of mom that's going to outlive dad. And then the legacy planning conversation comes into play as well. So this is a four-part educational series, something you may want to consider as you're looking at having an opportunity to do that. Now, let me touch on, secondly, remember what I said. This demographic is still at work. So why not take financial education to where they are? One of the fastest growing areas that we're seeing in the country, and we've really been on the forefront of this and talking about this for the last two or three years, is doing financial wellness in the workplace. Employers have discovered when they open up the doors to allow a financial professional to come in and offer a once-a-month financial wellness program to their employees, they reduce workplace stress. They improve workplace efficiency and effectiveness. They improve employee collaboration. They improve productivity. They improve profitability, and they reduce employee turnover. They also find that when employees understand more about money and how it works, they are much more open to engage and invest in programs like a company 401k, like a simple retirement plan, and they will be more engaged in utilizing health insurance and other financial services products that you may bring to bear in the workplace. So when we talk about financial wellness, there's an opportunity to go in and offer a once-a-month, 45-minute educational workshop to have an opportunity to get the employer to say thank you to your employees in a small tangible way by providing lunch for them. Subway sandwiches, pizza, it doesn't have to be expensive, but it's a way for an employer to show value that builds rapport in the workplace. You get to come in as an invited guest to talk about a variety of financial education topics. Those topics could include the four roadblocks to retirement, how to maximize retirement income, 
talking about Uncle Sam being greedy, but Aunt Irma being even more greedy, and talking about the Medicare surcharge that may impact many highly compensated employees when they retire. Talking about, yes, you can retire happy and stay that way, the longevity conversation that needs to take place, how to have and enjoy a tax-free retirement and keep more of what you saved. To claim or not to claim, that is the question. And don't forget, in the workplace, you don't just have the Gen Xers. You've also got the Millennials and the Gen Zs, too. So why not give some basic education, an insurance 101, an investing 101, why you should protect your financial future with life insurance? What High school's over. What's next? How do we save for far higher education? Family planning. What do we need to do financially to plan for a family? As you're getting ready to walk into retirement, what are the steps you need to do now while you're young to make sure that when you get to retirement, the money is actually going to be there? How do you create and manage wealth? How do you buy the home or build the home of your dreams? Why do you need paycheck protection? And of course, with Gen Xers, how do you get out of debt? And then there's the opportunity to revisit Social Security at a later time to talk about unique claiming opportunities at specific ages and give them some real-world examples of how much money that can cost them over time. These are but a few of the resources that we've developed here at Vision Advisors to give you an opportunity to impact and to lean in to serve Generation Xer. For me, the big reason is this. 64 trillion opportunities await because this generation is going to be inheriting $64 trillion of wealth between 2023 and 2050. How much of that do you want to have an opportunity to serve your clients with and to help them position those financial assets for their future financial success and you get compensated well for doing so? Now, if there's an interest in learning more about working with Generation Xers and diving deeper into any of the tools and resources I've shared with you or having an opportunity to lean in and to learn more about how we can help you get in front of more Gen X opportunities, give us a call here at Vision Advisors. 1-800-505-8489 is our direct number. Press zero at the voice prompt. You'll be connected to uh, one of our business consultants immediately. You can also go to our website, visionadvisorsinc.com, scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and all of our business consultants are there along with a link to their calendar so you can schedule a 30-minute strategy call. No, no stress. We're not going to arm twist you. We're going to talk about your business, what you want to do, what you want to accomplish, what we have to bring to bear, and then see if it's a fit. We only want to work with the financial professionals who want to work with us, who are serious about growing their business and looking for an opportunity to see more success in 2023 and beyond. If you're happy with the results you're getting, thanks for your time today. Stay where you are. But if you want to grow, you want to see success, and you want our help in doing so, we'd love to have an opportunity to do so. One last thing, and then I'm going to stop talking and let you guys get about your day because I want to honor your time. While you're on our website, visionadvisorsinc.com, in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see a link to Facebook, YouTube, and our LinkedIn channel. Let me encourage you to follow us either on Facebook, LinkedIn, or both because almost every day I'm sharing a sales tip, a sales idea, 
a resource, an article you need to read, a video thought for the day, a conversation starter that can get you in front of clients, or a regulatory insight that you need to know. On our YouTube channel, 24-7-365, over 200 quality training videos that are going to give you an opportunity to improve your own skills set. To have an opportunity to learn things about selling you may not have learned or to be reminded of things you did so well you just simply stopped doing. Those resources are available. Why are they free? Because we believe when you see the quality of what we bring to the table, you're going to want to work with us. So on behalf of all of us here at Vision Advisors, I want to say thanks for joining me for this very special presentation of Understanding Generation X. I believe and I'm confident that you gain some insights into working with this generation and learn something about Gen Xers you perhaps didn't know. And with that, I want to say thanks for joining us. Have a great day.